KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim. www.kimitzion.org Having a new week. Today is Monday. As on every Monday, today's shiur will be the shiur in the mitzvah HaShavuit, the weekly mitzvah, Harav Binyamin Tabori. This week's parsha Chukat talks about the death of Aaron HaKohen and we will discuss today the mitzvah of Kvura, the mitzvah of burying the dead. Interestingly enough, when the Torah told us that uh, Aaron passes away, they tell of a beautifully orchestrated, very, very moving description of the actual Petira, the actual death of Aharon. The Torah tells us that Aaron, Moshe was, was told to go up to Harhahar, to that mountain, which was on the border of Eretz Adom, the land of Adom, and it says that Aaron will ye'asef el-amav, he will be gathered into his nation. Obviously a euphemism for death, a beautiful way of putting it. And the Torah says, you take off his clothes, give his clothes to his son, and Aaron will pass away there. This is described as a mitat neshika, death through a kiss. He just told him, lie down, close your hands, close your eyes, and Moshe himself desired such a beautiful death. And Moshe did exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him. They went to a Harahar and Moshe took off the clothes, put them on Elazar, and Aaron passed away. And Moshe came down. The Torah then goes on to say that the people had seen that Aaron had passed away. And they mourned for Aaron 30 days. Absent from the description is of course the funeral itself, and the burial itself. The burial is not mentioned here. The Meshachachma, Meir Simcha, suggests that the reason the Torah did not mention the actual kavura, the actual burial of Aaron, is because of the circumstances Aaron's son did not bury his father. Traditionally, and we'll discuss it more in detail, the obligation of Kvura rests on the family, on the children of the Nifter, of the deceased. Since Elazar, the son of Aaron, took his father's place, he already had on big Kuna, he already had on the priestly vestments, therefore he was already in the position of Kohen Gadol, of the high priest, taking the position of his father Aaron. Therefore, he was not in the position to be involved with the dead person. Although the Torah tells us in Parshas Amor that the relatives of a Kohen are required to become Tamei, pure, spiritually, no, not spiritually, ritualistically defiled in a state of Tumah because of the death of the relatives, this does not apply simply to a Kohen Gadol, to the high priest. 
And Elazar therefore was enjoined for burying his father. Mayor Simcha said it was would not be for the dignity of Aaron to write that he was buried by Moshe, who was a brother, but not a son. Therefore, the Torah here just skipped over the details of burial. But, of course, later on in the Torah, the Torah mentions that Aaron was buried in Harahar. Now, the assumption that we've been, been making is that Kvura is a ritual that had to be done, burial had to be done, and in fact, the Rambam and others have decided that it is a biblical obligation to do Kvura. Now, the Torah in a few times mentioned the laws of Kvura. One place, it says it in connection with Haruge Malchus, Haruge Bezdin, to be more specific. If someone were killed by court, the Torah says in a specifically specific case of a person who was put to death by hanging, the Torah says, Lo talin nivlatola eitz, in Kitetzei, in Sefer Dvarim, the Torah says, Lo talin nivlatola eitz, do not allow the dead body to lie on the tree, because it's a disgrace to God. Kilat elokim, it's as if you disgraced God, as if you cursed God. And therefore, the Torah says you should bury him. That mitzvah of burying him might apply only in that particular case. In the case of Haruge Bezdin, or specifically in the case of the person who was put to death by the court in the hanging punishment. However, in Parshas Emor, the Torah also says that the Kohanim should become defiled when they, for their relatives for their seven or six relatives, depending upon how we learn the psukim there. But a Kohen is allowed or required to be involved with a mace, presumably to bury him. So, there could be a discussion. In fact, halachically, the Rishonim have argued whether there's a mitzvah of the Torah to bury someone, to bury a regular person. I said to bury the Haruge Malchut, the Haruge Bezdin, to bury that person who was put to death, that for sure is a mitzvah. But is there a mitzvah in every case? So we'll learn the, the general opinion of most Rishonim, most of the people who passed in Halacha, who wrote Sifra Mitzvahs, counted Kvur as one of the 613 mitzvahs. The Rambam has it in two places, but it's very interesting to see how the Rambam did it. In the Rambam, of course, in Sifra Mitzvahs, the Ram does say there's a mitzvah, and we discusses also the mitzvah of the burial of that person who was killed by Bezdin. But in Hilchas Eval, in the laws of mourning, the Rambam in the Koteret, in the headline, where he gives the general listing of mitzvahs in, a, in an abbreviated fashion, the Ram says that there are four mitzvahs four in, involved in the laws of mourning. There's one mitzvah, I say. There's only one positive mitzvah. And what's that? So the Ram says the mitzvahs I say is lehis abel akrovim. The mitzvah is to mourn the relatives, and even a kohen has to become tamei and mourn the relatives. And then the Ram says that there is no mourning in the case where someone was killed by Bezdin. In the case of someone who deserved the death punishment, and Bezdin inflicted that death punishment on someone, there's no there are no laws of mourning. 
And the Ram says that is the reason that I included these laws in the section called Shoftim, of judgments. Because since I was talking, the Rambam seems to think, since I was talking about Sanhedrin, Eidos, the laws of the courts, therefore I'm going to talk about the laws of mourning, which is the Kvura B'yam Misa, to bury the person, not only to bury the person, on the day that he died. And the Rambam then says, which is a mitzvah saseh. There is a mitzvah saseh to bury the person, not just he who was put to death by court, but to bury any person. The Rambam paskins also in Perak Yud Beis, Mehilchas Avel, Halacha Aleph, a Rambam that is based, of course, on a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara has a discussion, what is the nature of the obligation to bury a person? Is it because somehow there is atonement received by the dead person by being buried? The Pasuk that we say every Shabbos, or almost every Shabbos, is the Chiperad Maso Amo. The earth is Mechaper. Being buried in the ground itself is a kapara, is a form of atonement for the dead person. And therefore the Gemara says, perhaps that's the reason for kavura. Maybe that's the reason we're obligated. The Gemara suggests an alternative. Perhaps the reason is because of bizayon, because it's disgraceful for a, a dead body to be lying without being given the proper burial is a concept of of Bizayan Hames, it would be a concept of putting the a, a disgrace, a disgrace to the Mesh, actually a disgrace to the living to have a dead body within our environment. The Ramam says in Perak Yud Beis of Hilchas Avel Halacha Aleph that Hesped Kavar Hames, the eulogy is considered as a form of respect for the dead person. Even in the eulogy, one might suggest that the eulogy is for the living rather than for the dead. The Rambam says the eulogy is for the dead person. Therefore, the Rambam says, if the person himself would say, I do not want any eulogies, no hespedim, then you should not do hespedim. Today, of course, the custom is that people get up and say, well, even though I'm not going to make a hesped because the nifter, the one who passed away, said, I don't want to give a hesped, I'm not going to say hesped, and then he goes on to give a hesped. But according to the strict halacha, a person should not give a hesped if he would, the instructions were not to give a hesped. Then the Ram says, but if he commanded us, if he instructed us not to bury him, the dead person had left a will. He had left, we know his intention, that he asked not to be buried. So the Rambam says, ain't shomim lo. We ignore what he said. And the Rambam explains the reason. The Gemara thought that this would depend if burial is because of kapara or because of bizayim. If it's because of kapara, then he said he doesn't want kapara, he doesn't want atonement, you don't do it. But if it would be because of bizayim, it's a disgrace, we would do it nevertheless. The Rambam should have taken one of the choices of the Gemara. And the Rambam says, no, we do not listen to him. Why not? Shakvura mitzvah. Shenema kikavotik berenu. The Rambam says, because indeed there is a mitzvah. And therefore, he didn't give a reason for the mitzvah. He didn't explain the mitzvah. He just said, it's a mitzvah. Since it's a mitzvah, 
we ignore what the dead person had instructed while he was alive and we simply bury him according to Jewish tradition. The commentaries in the Rambam have pointed out that the Rambam should have taken a position. The Rambam should have said, well, we paskin that it's because of Bizayan. Or the Rambam should have said, since it's a Safek and a Din Torah, we go L'Chumrah. Why did the Rambam say because it's a Mitzvah Saseh? The Rambam seems to think that even without the Gemara, I would know that you have to do it because it's a mitzvah. So, some people have suggested that the Ramah might have interpreted that Gemara as following the opinion that there is not a biblical obligation to do Kvura. The Gemara says, Remez L'Kvura Menatorah. The Gemara says, there is, where is the hint that you have to do Kvura? Well, in one hand, it's not a Remez. It says clearly in the Torah, the key cover Tikvarenu, it says that you should bury him. But that Pasuk, as we pointed out before, might only be referring to the case of a person who was put to death in court by Besdin. So the Gemara says Remez. Now, a topic that is not within our time scope today would be to raise the issue when the Gemara says Remez, when the Gemara says a hint, does the Gemara mean that that's really a biblical law, but it's hinted at and somehow we find it in the Torah in some in some sort of hint? Or does that mean it's not really a biblical law? We find it a number of times. The Gemara, for example, the beginning of Makos, says Remez Edim Zomim Minatara. Where do we have a hint of the, of the law of those special Edim who were found to testify on a day when they could not have been present at the place where they said they were. When the Gemara says Remez, it raises the issue. Does that mean it's really a biblical law? Perhaps the Rambam thought that the Gemara there was according to the opinion of the people that thought Remez Le'edim Zamim means a hint, and it's not really a biblical law. And therefore, if it's not a biblical law to have burial, but it's only a rabbinic law, and therefore the Gemara could discuss what's the reason for the rabbinical law. But once the, we know, once the Raman Paskin, the halacha is that it's a mitzvah of the Torah to bury people, then that Gemara seems to be rather irrelevant. The halacha would be, if a person told you to ignore the mitzvah, we would not ignore the mitzvah. So the Ramam here does seem to say that there's a mitzvah to do the kvura, and that's a, a general mitzvah. Now, it's been pointed out that the Rambam in Perik Yudalid says something a little different. The Rambam in the same section, Hilchas Avel, Perik Yudalid, the Ram says, Mitzvah Zaseshel Devrehem, there's a mitzvah de Rabbana. And the Rambam lists there the mitzvah, mitzvah in, within the concept of being a mitzvah de Rabbanan, a number of mitzvahs. He says, for example, Bikucholim, to visit the sick, Lenachem Avelim, to comfort mourners, Lehotzi Ames, in order to have a, a funeral procession, lachnis hakala to arrange the kala to take her to the chuppah, lelavos archim to have company to take care of the company. Then the Rambam says, lasot bechol tzarche hakavura, laseisa lakatef v'leilech lefanav v'lispod v'lachbor v'likbor to be involved in all details of the funeral, of the burial, to carry the dead body, to walk with him, to eulogize him, to dig the 
kever itself and to bury him. Now, the Rambam, of course, does go on to say, a very, very famous Rambam, the Rambam says, all these mitzvahs are included in the general rubric of the Haftal Recha Kamacha. The Torah told me to love my friend as myself. And the way we understand that halacha, whatever I would like to be done to myself, I should, be, I should do to other people. Whatever I do not want to be done to myself, I should be careful not to do to others. Since it's obvious that every person wants that his funeral should be dignified, respectful, and that he should be buried. Therefore, within that parameter, all the laws of funeral, as well as the other laws that we mentioned, fall within the general law of the Torah of V'yavta Recha Kamacha. Nevertheless, the Chachamim came and specified, do A, do B, do C, do D. So, here the Rambam seems to think that the mitzvah of Kvura per se is not written in the Torah. Yes, V'yavta Recha Kamacha is written in the Torah, but the Torah does not specifically say to bury people. Here it would seem that the Rambam thought that the law of the Torah of burial would only apply to that person that was Meharuge Bezdin, the one that was killed by Bezdin. But a general law of Kvura, the general laws of burial, would not be of biblical origin, rather would be the Rabbanan. Many people have suggested that the Rambam thinks perhaps there are two, or maybe even more than two halachos in the laws of Kvura. You see, as I said before, the basic sources of the ba- sources of Kvura, or dealing with a dead body, can be found in different places in the Torah. In Parsha's Emor, in the Parsha where it says that a Kohen is allowed, in fact, may be obligated to deal with the, his relatives, that is one source of the laws of taking care of dead people properly. Later on, we said it in Parshas Chukas, in our Parsha, we talked about Tumas Hames. And then later on, in Kitetze, we talk about Kavartik Bereno, the laws of burial itself, that you must bury someone. So it could be that the Rambam thinks there are two halachas. There's one halacha that applies to relatives. The relatives really have an obligation of doing Kavur. They have the primary obligation of doing the kvura. There is a concept called a mace mitzvah. A mace mitzvah is a person who dies and has no one else to take care of him but you. If someone was walking in an isolated place and found a dead body, that body becomes for him a mace mitzvah and it's very similar to the laws of a relative. Those laws may be of biblical origin according to the Rambam, that the first obligation would be upon me. But it could be that if there are no relatives, then everybody would become a relative. But once there are relatives, then the obligation on other people to be involved is only the Rabbanan. On the, on the relatives, on the people that are directly involved, it might be a biblical requirement to take care of the dead body and, and bury him, etc. But for the other people involved, most people who come to the funeral... That might be what the Rama means in Parakyudalit. It's only a mitzvah the Rabbanan. And therefore, we need uh, to, to put it in a section which would fall under the general law of after the Recha Kamocha, but it would not be a biblical obligation. When the Rambam in Parak Yud Beis was talking about a person who said that he did not want to be buried, he's talking the case 
The Raman was talking about the inheritors. The Raman says the relatives. The, the relatives are required to pay for all the funeral necessities. If, he said, not to bury him, so those relatives cannot listen to him because those relatives have an obligation, a mitzvah. As far as other people go, the not the relatives, maybe the Raman thinks that's a mitzvah de Rabbanan. Now, if we would learn this is a mitzvah de Rabbanan, the question would come up, why don't you make a bracha at the funeral itself, when you bury the person? In general, we would say that when you make do a mitzvah, you should make a bracha. In general, we have a principle that you make a bracha every time you do a mitzvah. Obviously, I'm referring to the birchas ha-mitzvah, to the bracha that you do when you fulfill the mitzvah. Now, this topic has been raised by Rishonim in many, many cases and incidents where we do not make a bracha. I'm not referring now to our specific case, but in general, the Avudraham and the Tshuvas Harashba and others have raised the issue, why is it that for certain mitzvahs you make a bracha and certain mitzvahs you do not make a bracha? And they've tried to give general reasons. Without going to the general reasons that occur in most cases, I'd like to discuss our particular case. Why don't you make a bracha when you fulfill the mitzvah of Kavura? One answer that was suggested by Rav Tukuchinsky, Rav Tukuchinsky was one of the famous Rabbanim of Yerushalayim, who was a Rosh Hashiva of Eitz Chaim, and he wrote a classic work on the laws of mourning and burial. The Sefer Gesher HaChayim, the Bridge of Life, was a classic that at one time was considered the most important reference book on Avelus. Today, other people have issued more modern books, and very often today people have used these more, these more modern books and somehow don't check back to the Gesher HaChayim, which is a tremendous compendium of the laws of Avelus and the ideas behind them. He raised the issue, the uh, Rav Tikochinsky in Nefesh, in Nefesh Chaim, why don't you make a bracha? And he quotes that the Stechemed grappled with this issue, and at the end he said he was not successful in finding the best reason. Rav Tikochinsky suggested that the mitzvah of burial is not a mitzvah that you finish when you bury the person. It's an ongoing mitzvah. And what do I mean by an ongoing mitzvah? If, whatever reason, the person is disinterred, if the person is taken out of the kvura, so there's a mitzvah to rebury him. The mitzvah is that he should be buried, not just to do the act of burial, but that he should be buried. And Rav Tikachinsky mentioned that since the mitzvah is an ongoing mitzvah, but not a mitzvah that you do once and you finish, you don't make a bracha. This idea of Rav Tikachinsky uh, is obviously in conflict with other examples of mitzvahs. For example, there's a mitzvah of counting Sfirasa Omer. You count the Sfira every night. So, and we make a bracha every night. Now, you didn't fin- fulfill, finish the mitzvah the first night, so why do you make a bracha every night? 
Rav Tukachinsky himself asked this question and said because each night is a mitzvah by itself and each night the bracha is on the mitzvah of the night. But we do know that there's a tremendous controversy among Rishonim whether there's a mitzvah every night or the mitzvah is only the last night. In fact, the Prima Gadim asked the question, according to the opinion that Sviras Omer is one mitzvah, and therefore if you skip a night, you would not continue with a bracha because you have lost the mitzvah for that year. So why do you make a bracha every night if you don't fulfill the mitzvah that night? The answer that Rav Salavechik has given is that the bracha, the birchas ha-mitzvah was instituted on the ma'asa ha-mitzvah rather than on the kiyam ha-mitzvah. The bracha of a mitzvah is to be made when you do the act of the mitzvah, irrespective of the fact whether the mitzvah is fulfilled at this moment or not, or the mitzvah may even be fulfilled later. By Sfirah Sa'omer, every night that you count the brach, that you count Sfirah Sa'omer, whether or not we fulfill the mitzvah that night, as that might be a controversy among the Rishonim. But the fact that you must count every night is certain. And therefore, counting that night is considered a masa mitzvah, it's considered an act of a mitzvah, and since it's an act of mitzvah, even though tomorrow you'll have to do something else, the next day you'll have to do something else, the next day something else, until you finally finish the mitzvah, you make it, nevertheless, you make a bracha every night. The bracha is in the masa mitzvah. And we can prove that you make a bracha on the masa mitzvah, even if the kiyuma mitzvah will be something that you do later on. So the question of a that we've raised, seems to need another answer. Why is it that we do not make a bracha on the mitzvah of kvur? Now, in general, we have a principle that you don't make a bracha on any mitzvah ben adam lechavero. I said the Avudram and the Rajba have discussed to give more general rules what, bracha, what mitzvahs you make a bracha for, and what mitzvahs you don't make a bracha for. One of the classic examples is a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero, a mitzvah that I do for my friend, I don't make a bracha. The reason for that might be questionable, might be arguable, but the general principle is that you don't make a bracha on a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero. Now, the kri of kvura, the obligation of kvura, is it really a mitzvah ben Adam lamakam or is it a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero? Is it a mitzvah really that I should do for my friend? Or is the mitzvah that I should do because of God's will? Now, when the Rambam said in Parak Yudalit that it's within the, fa- the rubric of the Haftal Recha Kamacha, the Rambam seems to include this as a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero. Now, a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero after death is rather remarkable because generally we would say a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero could only be as long as my friend is alive. The obligation to help my friend is based on a reciprocal trade agreement that I help him and he helps me. After death, all trade agreements are over, are are finished. Rav Shechter has written about this in one of his svarim that there are no shibudim lemeis. There's no obligations once the person is dead. So is the mitzvah really ben adam lemakam ben adam lechavero? If we would say it's a mitzvah ben adam lechavero despite that I, fact that I pointed out it is rather strange to say it's Ben Adam Lechavero, one might argue that you don't make a bracha on any mitzvah Ben Adam Lechavero. And this, since this is a mitzvah Ben Adam Lechavero, at least one could posit that it's a mitzvah Ben Adam Lechavero, that might be the reason why you don't make a bracha. This uh, supposition 
would be based on a general blanket statement that you don't make a, a, a bracha on a mitzvah on the mechavero. But if we would analyze that a little more carefully, we would say perhaps the reason you don't make a bracha mitzvah on the mechavero is because either of the feelings of the reciproc of of the, of the person who receives the. Mitzvah, for example, when I give tzedakah to a poor person, I do not make a bracha. Maybe that somehow to assuage the feelings of the person who receives the tzedakah. In which case, of course, a dead body, a dead person has no feelings that I would have to take into account. And therefore, even if it would be ben adam al I could take a, do the mit, I could make the bracha. Some think that you can't make a bracha on a mitzvah because you need his agreement to do the mitzvah. Let's say I would give tzedakah to a poor person. And at the last moment, he says, no, I, I don't want your, your charity. Then I didn't fulfill the obligation. So any mitzvah that depends upon someone else, I can't make a bracha because I never know what his reaction will be, what his decision will be. Of course, this also doesn't apply to a, the case of burying a dead person. Uh, you take the person and bury him. There's no uh, agreement uh, at all involved. And therefore, even if it would be a mitzvah, one could argue that you should make a bracha. So therefore, we have suggested two answers why you don't make a bracha, but we've argued with both. We've suggested the first answer of Rav Tukachinsky, that it's a mitzvah that's an ongoing mitzvah. And we've said that even for an ongoing mitzvah, you might make a bracha. We suggested also that it might be a mitzvah even though that itself is questionable as the mitzvah we've argued that even on such a mitzvah perhaps the person could make a bracha. The third possibility that I'd like to mention is based on a few lines of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein and Negros Moshe. Rabbi Moshe asked the question, I don't think he was relating to Kvura, but he was relating to the mitzvah of Kriya. When a person tears Kriya at the funeral itself. The custom is that we do it either at the time of the funeral or we do it at the time the person passes away. But what we do is we tear Kriya and we make a bracha. But that bracha is not a bracha on the mitzvah. That bracha is Dayana Emes, where we accept the Judgment of God, that bracha is not a birchas ha-mitzvah at all. There's no mitzvah asher kiddushanu b'mitzvosa b'tzivanu ala kriya that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us to tear kriya. Why not? Why should there not be a bracha? So Rav Moshe suggest, suggested in the name of others that because he at the time that a person tears kriya, he's an own name. It's, this, it's the time between the death and the funeral and we know that at that moment, a, a, a person is called an onain, and he is exempt from all positive mitzvahs. So perhaps he doesn't make a bracha because he's an onain. But Moshe said that can't be true. Because if that would be true, then he would be not, he would not be required to do the kriya either. An onain is part of a mitzvah. Why does he do kriya? That seems to be a chiyuv. So you see that there, the chiyuv of of Kriya does apply to an Onin. So if the Chiyav does apply, why can't you make a bracha? So Moshe gave his general principle that you don't make a bracha on a mitzvah which has peranus. On a mitzvah which is based upon tragedy, you don't make a bracha. It's true we accept tragedy with a certain attitude of tranquility, of equilibrium, and we make the bracha 
Dayan HaEmes. We make a bracha that the judgment of God is true. But nevertheless, to make a bracha, Asher Kitshanu Mitzvasa Vitzivanu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sanctified us through His commandments and commanded us to about this particular mitzvah is somehow not appropriate to make an abracha which has which involves a tragedy. And therefore Rabbi Moshe said you don't make a bracha on the Kriya, on render in rending your garments at the funeral. The similar argument could be of course used that the the burial itself, although it's a mitzvah, and perhaps as we learned today it's a mitzvah of the Torah, nevertheless it's a mitzvah Shiyeshba Puranus, a mitzvah which is tragic in by its very nature. And therefore, in a mitzvah of tragedy, we would not make a bracha. Our hope, of course, is la'avodos Hashem b'simcha, to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with happiness and with good health. To make brachos, asher kachonu mitzvah v'tzivanu, on mitzvahs that we we feel good about, we feel proud about, and not a mitzvah sheyesh b'paranos.